Hi everyone, welcome to Human to Human. I'm your host Sarah Scher, and this is the very first season of the University of Manitoba's Anthropology Department podcast, where I hope to explore the topic of anthropology through conversation with faculty and students so that everyone can have a better understanding of what anthropology is and can be. This podcast was also created on a campus located on the original lands of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene people, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. As a podcast dedicated to anthropology, this project is also a part of the Anthropology Department's commitment to community engagement and research on the rich, diverse, and multifaceted ways of being human. Once again, I'm your host Sarah Scher, and this is Human to Human. Since this is the very first episode, I thought it would be good to start off by introducing myself a bit and giving some background to how this podcast came about. So in terms of who am I, I'm currently a student at the University of Manitoba who is majoring in anthropology. I am in my fourth and final year of my honors undergraduate degree and have focused more in the cultural anthropology side of things. But before I got to where I am now, I actually started out by studying psychology in university. I only learned about what anthropology was in my third year of school after taking an introductory cultural anthropology class. After that, I took another anthropology course titled Language and Culture, and I enjoyed these courses so much that I decided that anthropology was really the discipline for me and that I wanted to switch my major. Since I was not a student at U of M at this time, I ended up transferring to University of Manitoba in 2020 to pursue anthropology for the rest of my undergrad degree, which has also been an interesting experience because I transferred during a time when school was online because of the pandemic. So as my story goes, I kind of stumbled across anthropology a bit later in my academic life. I previously did not know what anthropology was. I didn't even know archaeology was a part of anthropology. And my my understanding of what culture was and how people go about studying that was very limited. But my early experience of falling in love with anthropology sort of unexpectedly is partly what cultivated me wanting to share more about what anthropology is with others. Now for how this podcast came about, I was reached out to by Dr. Laura Rosanoff-Gauvin, who I was taking a class with at the time. Uh, The course was on anthropological theory, and there was a final term paper where we had to trace the genealogy of a theory used by an anthropologist, in an ethnography to be specific, to sort of better understand where theories come from and how they are used by anthropologists in their research. So long story short, we were given creative freedom for how we wanted to write the term paper, and I decided to write a podcast script because I had listened to podcasts before and enjoyed the ways they were able to organize information in a concise and interesting way. And after that, Dr. Laura had just sent me an email asking if I would ever be interested in doing a podcast for the department. And that's sort of how we ended up here with Human to Human. Really, the point of this podcast is to try to create a resource for the general public to gain a better understanding of what some of the students and faculty at the University of Manitoba find interesting within anthropology and what anthropological research can also look like. I've often found through conversation with others that not a lot of people really know what anthropology is or what anthropologists study. Or they might be familiar with some aspects of it, but not others. There's even some mystery to what kind of jobs a degree in anthropology might lead to. Or also why anthropology is relevant to our lives presently. And I totally empathize with that because I was in the exact same spot just a few years ago before I took my first anthropology class in university. 
So this podcast is in part a way to hopefully mend this gap. It's meant to be a resource for people to get a brief description of what makes the discipline of anthropology unique, as well as be exposed to some of the interests, research or otherwise, of students and professors in the anthropology department here at the University of Manitoba. In this case, I I chose to organize the podcast around conversations with other people, but I also picked the title Human to Human as an ode to anthropology's focus on studying humans in an engaged, collaborative way. And I think that having conversations with other people interested in anthropology is the best way to talk about anthropology. Overall, the point of this podcast is foremost to allow others who aren't studying anthropology to gain a better understanding about what the discipline is, and hopefully others see the value that anthropology has for our lives today. There are a total of eight episodes for this season, and you can expect them to come out on Mondays every other week. Um, Perhaps after this podcast finishes, my hope is that you will one day even find yourself reading a book by an anthropologist or taking a course in it. Or maybe just being able to relate better to someone in your life who studies anthropology in university. Now moving on to the second part of this podcast episode, let's actually get into what is anthropology. And just a bit of a disclaimer, the information that I present here has been collected by my own experience as a student up until now. And once again, I am an undergrad student I am not a master's or a PhD student, so it's not meant to be a complete explanation. Rather, I would encourage everyone to continue to seek information more on this topic from people who have more experience and expertise in the field. So now, back to what is anthropology? Well, to put it simply, anthropology is the study of humans, both in the past and in the present, with a particular focus on studying humans through the lens of culture. That's kind of the simplest definition. And anthropology is also one of the three social sciences, so alongside psychology and sociology. But it's unique in the sense that it looks at humans from a holistic perspective, or in other words, the big picture. It looks at the individual, it looks at society, and then anthropology expands upon this by looking at the particular context which incorporates history, the environment, connections to larger global processes, and of course, culture. But the way anthropologists study culture now is quite different than how anthropologists used to study people. Anthropologists don't see themselves as discovering, let's say, lost treasures from the past or discovering new exotic civilizations in the present. It's very far from that. In fact, anthropologists are sort of behind the scenes people who work closely with communities in collaborative ways. Whether this is through helping locate and preserving historical artifacts that are connected to a community's heritage, or helping to share people's stories and experiences in ways they deem useful or meaningful. Often anthropologists forge connections to certain people and places for years or even lifetimes. And there's also often a sense of advocacy and responsibility that comes with anthropological work. But there are four subfields within anthropology, and each one has a slightly unique approach to the way they do their work. So before we get into all this, let's begin by looking at the four subfields, archaeology, biological anthropology, linguistic anthropology, and cultural anthropology. So the first subfield that I'll focus on is archaeology. So archaeology is focused on studying humans and cultures of the past, generally, And it usually does this through the recovery and analysis of material remains that are found below ground, 
And by material remains, I'm also referring to many things. This could include animal or plant matter, bones, objects, tools, art, basically anything that could hold particular meaning from the past. And sometimes we also use the term artifacts to refer to selected items that archaeologists work with. And by recovering and analyzing material remains, archaeologists work to reconstruct past lifeways to help us understand how people lived, survived, and interacted with each other in the past. They might further explore topics such as past technologies, food systems, economic systems, or styles of art. If you're interested in what being an archaeologist looks like, well, it can be quite a physically demanding job. Archaeologists are usually outdoors in all kinds of weather and temperatures, Especially here in Canada, we have very cold winters, and archaeologists do work in those temperatures. And especially during archaeological digs, they might be on their hands or knees or even stomachs. <laughs> I've heard people who have done field work in archaeology tell me that they spend a lot of time on their stomachs during these digs for extended periods of time, which can be quite exhausting on the body. And archaeologists also spend a lot of time building relationships with the communities that are connected to the history and land of the culture they are studying. So this is important not only to better contextualize the things they are uncovering, but archaeology is also a path to assist in connecting present-day communities with pieces of their own culture and history. So even though we might associate archaeology with doing a lot of work in isolation, archaeological work equally consists of collaborating with people and talking with people and socializing. Overall, there is a lot of research and thoughtful preparation before any archaeological work is done, and this is mainly because digging into any area is not reversible. So a team must work carefully and effectively to collect all the important materials, often under a tight deadline. And in terms of conversations on this podcast, we will be hearing from Gar Sutton, who does archaeological work here in Manitoba and has their PhD focus in Indigenous ceramic technology. So now moving on to our second subfield in anthropology, we have biological anthropology, or sometimes it's also referred to as physical anthropology. So biological anthropology also focuses on studying humans in the past, but is more so focused on the biological characteristics of the human species or past human biology, and in some cases, animals as well. So it's almost like a combination of anthropology and biology. Some things biological anthropologists might study are health and disease, growth and development, evolutionary processes, or demography which looks at statistics of a past population, like distributions of sex, size, mortality, and migration, all those sorts of things. And biological anthropologists might also be specialized in osteology, uh, so the study of bones, and they might look at how health and disease in the past can be interpreted based on visible markers seen in a human skeleton. Or others might look at biological variation between populations and throughout human history. So today, there are many different directions people can go if they're interested in biological anthropology, such as medical or forensic anthropology. So medical anthropology would be a combination of both biological and cultural anthropology and focus on looking at issues of well-being, health, illness, and disease of particular communities in today's society, in today's world. Whereas forensic anthropologists use their knowledge of the human skeleton to aid in human rights investigations where the law is involved. 
And that is also a type of anthropological work that would be focused on the present. And in this podcast, we will be hearing from Dr. Julia Gamble, who studies teeth within past populations and is interested in learning about the health and stresses of these populations in their archaeological context. So through that conversation, you'll hopefully get a better idea of what biological anthropology looks like in terms of studying the archaeological context. The next subfield I have for you is linguistic anthropology. So this is a specialty of cultural anthropology concerned with the study of human languages, both in the past and present. Language is something anthropologists are interested in because they recognize language as an important aspect of our culture and the primary means of how humans communicate. Language comes in many forms. It can be written through speech, through sign, as well as through body language. In many ways, language can influence how we relate to others, how we see ourselves, and how we see the world. Linguistic anthropology is different from the discipline of linguistics, though. Whereas linguistics is more focused on the structure of language and how it works, Linguistic anthropology is focused more on the meaning of language and how it connects people to their own culture. In this way, anthropology might study how differences between languages are connected with the way gender or identity or relationships between people are constructed through the use of language. Today, linguistic anthropologists are also concerned with the loss of languages especially Indigenous languages who have experienced a form of cultural genocide through colonialism. Linguistic anthropologists in these contexts work with communities in multiple ways to help document and maintain endangered languages so they can be passed down to further generations. And this coincides with anthropology's belief that language is a valuable part of one's culture. I unfortunately won't have any episodes on this season talking with a linguistic anthropologist or talking with someone who's interested in linguistic anthropology, but it is a very interesting subfield and there are many linguistic anthropologists out there doing very valuable work. So I encourage anyone who is interested to further look into it. There is a lot of resources online these days. And finally, the last major subfield in anthropology is cultural anthropology. So sometimes referred to as social anthropology or socio-cultural anthropology as well, the subfield of anthropology is mainly focused on studying aspects of culture in contemporary societies, which means the range of topics and specializations that one can have in cultural anthropology is very vast, but it's unique in the way that cultural anthropologists go about studying people. So cultural anthropologists do their research through direct engagement with communities, usually over a long period of time. And we refer to this as participant observation and ethnographic fieldwork. But I will get into this a bit later in the episode when I talk about the methodologies of anthropology. So to get a better idea of what cultural anthropologists study, we could say they are specialists in studying how culture shapes the beliefs and behaviors of people groups in unique ways. So that to understand how certain people are experiencing complex environmental, social, economic, and political processes, we must try and see it from their point of view. This is usually done by trying to use one's privilege as an anthropologist to give a voice to the people we study, as well as be helpful and useful to the communities we form relationships with in ways that they seem fit. Some topics that cultural anthropology focuses on is environmental issues, food systems, the shaping of personhood or identity, race and racism, um, gender and sexuality, 
the global political economy, indigenous knowledge, media, and globalization and transnational migration, just to name a few of the topics that cultural anthropologists can look at. But instead of theorizing these topics at large, anthropologists are focused on case studies. So depending on the topic, what that thing or process looks like for a specific group of people in a specific context is what anthropology is generally focused on. To also help explain cultural anthropology better, it would also be helpful to take a look at what culture is. So what is culture? There are many definitions of culture out there. So I'm going to just give a few here. So some include culture is the patterns of learned and shared behavior and beliefs of a particular group. Culture is the shared set of implicit and explicit values, ideas, concepts, and rules of behavior that allow a social group to function and perpetuate itself. And culture is sometimes called the way of life for an entire society. So there's lots of definitions, and I wouldn't say that there is one specific definition that cultural anthropologists probably agree on, but really there are a few important characteristics of culture from these different definitions that are important. So culture is learned, it is shared among people, it is repeated or continuously reproduced, and it includes both behaviors and beliefs about oneself and the world. So to say that again, the important characteristics of culture are that it is shared, it's learned, and it is reproduced and it includes both behaviors and beliefs. So this can include so many things, from the foods we eat, the languages we speak, the clothes we wear, how we decide who is considered family or not family, how we structure power in our society, what religions we follow, what our values are, what we consider is men's work or women's work. The list can go on and on. And anthropology might also talk about enculturation, And enculturation, this is the process by which humans living with one another must learn the ways of thinking and feeling that are considered appropriate in their respective cultures. And we see this on a daily basis. People are very unique and different from one another, and this is partly because of where they grew up and the way they were brought up. But something that is important in anthropology is to also see culture as not bound to a particular place. Rather, culture is seen as boundless, fluid, always changing and shifting. By looking at it in this way, we can begin to understand how people encounter and embody many cultures in their lives. So for instance, in my own life, I can use myself as an example to better showcase how culture can be seen as boundless and fluid and always changing and shifting. So I was born in Canada, so my behavior, my accent, My worldview and my experiences have all been shaped by Canadian culture. On the other hand, I am also half Ukrainian and half Mennonite because of my parents' ethnic cultural backgrounds. So I grew up eating certain foods, celebrating certain holidays, and following a particular religion. But as I go through life, I also take part in the cultures of my workplace, school, sports teams, and friend groups. As well, I also participate in other cultures when I go out for, let's say, sushi at a restaurant, or when I listen to French music, or when I read books by different people across the world. In this way, I'm always borrowing and taking part in a mix of cultures on a daily basis. And I would say culture is definitely a difficult thing to conceptualize at times. But maybe one question you can ask yourself is, what is familiar to me in my day-to-day life? 
Because usually it's the things in our life that we take for granted or find normal that signifies elements of our culture. And one of the talents of a cultural anthropologist is to be able to take a step back and see that what they find familiar is actually unique and possibly quite strange to an outsider. This is why anthropology generally believes in the idea of cultural relativism. Cultural relativism says that we should aim to understand a person's beliefs and practices from the perspective of that person's own cultural context. This means we should refrain from judging a culture based on our own standards of what is strange or normal. So I hope that this brief summary of what culture is and how anthropologists use cultural relativism in their work provides you with a basic explanation of what cultural anthropology is interested in. I also have four interviews on this podcast series with people who are focused in the subfield of cultural anthropology. So if you're interested to learn more and gain a better idea of what a sociocultural anthropologist could study, these future episodes will hopefully be beneficial to you. And in fact, the next episode is with Dr. Warren Clark, who is a socioanthropologist. So now that we've covered the four major subfields of anthropology, which was archaeology, biological anthropology, linguistic anthropology, and cultural anthropology, we can move on to how anthropologists actually go about studying people, or in other words, the methodology of anthropology. And this is an important part of what makes anthropology unique compared to some of the other disciplines that also include humans in their study. So what is unique about how anthropologists go about studying people? Well, first off, anthropology approaches the study of humans in a holistic way. That means anthropologists look at the big picture. They study people by considering their histories, as well as the cultures and communities they are part of. And they also take into account how people fit into the larger global world. So anthropologists are focused on both the micro and macro processes of human lives. Anthropology also focuses on particular case studies when studying people. Rather than trying to make large generalizations about how all people think and behave, anthropology studies the unique stories and experiences of people's lives. Sometimes anthropology could also be seen as comparative because it looks at how different people in different places experience things, well, differently. And the type of data that anthropologists collect is considered qualitative data, which means it's less to do with numbers, like quantitative data is, and more to do with having conversations with people and collecting their words and stories. If we consider archaeology or biological anthropology, then a unique part of anthropology is that it also considers the evolutionary aspects of studying the human species. But in mainly cultural and linguistic anthropology, anthropologists use what we call participant observation and fieldwork, which I mentioned before in the beginning of this introductory episode. So participant observation refers to gathering information by living and working with the people you are studying so that you participate in their lives as much as possible. This brings us back to the concept of cultural relativism because in order to understand people, anthropology believes you need to see things from their perspective. And one way to do that is to incorporate yourself into their daily lives. Equally important, though, is building relationships with the people you study as well. Since anthropologists can study topics that are quite sensitive and personal to people, it's important that they build trusting relationships with the communities they work with. 
Usually this is done during an anthropologist's fieldwork. And fieldwork is what we call the extended period of time when anthropologists are living alongside the people they study and are collecting most of their data. Although some anthropologists also work with communities that are in the same hometown as them or home city, so they're not necessarily living alongside them, but maybe spending a lot of time with them. And I should emphasize that long-lasting relationships with the communities and people that anthropologists study is an important part of doing anthropological work. It is not uncommon for anthropologists to maintain lifelong connections and relationships with the people they do work with. So when an anthropologist finishes collecting their data, they usually publish research articles on their research or publish an ethnography. And an ethnography looks like a regular book, but it is the published written work of an anthropologist research. And when an anthropologist does research, there are also two things that they are focused on, or more like two things of many things that I would like to include here because I think it's important. So the first is focusing on the topic of human agency. So often when anthropologists do their research, they come across struggle in the lives of the people they study. Whether this struggle is due to structural barriers that make it difficult for someone to access proper health care, or struggle in the sense of experiencing war and violence, or maybe even struggle in the sense of a colonial history that has tried to strip a community of their culture. Anthropologists don't just focus on the struggle, though. They are also interested in the way people are able to make choices and affect change as well. So how people, in many ways, are able to fight back and resist varying violence put onto them. But of course, looking at the global processes that create barriers and violence for people is something that anthropologists are increasingly trying to bring awareness to as well. So anthropology is not only focused on human agency, but structural barriers as well. So human agency is the first thing that I wanted to mention. Um, that anthropologists are focused on in their research. And the second thing I wanted to talk about is positionality. Positionality refers to a person's own identity or uniquely situated social position, which reflects their gender, race, nationality, political views, past experiences, and so on. And positionality, when I'm talking about this, I'm referring to an anthropologist's own positionality. And it is important for an anthropologist to be aware of their position and to consider it because it recognizes that our own identities can influence the way we see other people as well as interpret the information that we collect, which also means that our positionality might hold certain biases. So one of the things anthropologists have begun to do is state their identity or positionality in their written work and reflect on how this can impact one's research and understanding of the communities they study. But now that you generally know what anthropology is and how it studies people, maybe you're still wondering why anthropology is important and what does anthropology teach us? Well, I would say that anthropology teaches us many things, but that's also a bit biased coming from an anthropology student. So my opinions aside, I would still say that anthropology teaches us to see the world outside of our own worldview. It makes us see and connect with others in this world through the sharing of stories and experiences. And it helps cultivate a sense of empathy and understanding despite the many cultural differences between people. Anthropology can also provide us with knowledge of our pasts, whether that's of the human species in general or our own ethnic histories more specifically. Anthropology teaches us that the past remains relevant to our present lives. And anthropology also provides a means to analyze current social problems going on in our world. 
whether that's people's experiences of racism, poverty, environmental degradation, or violations of their human rights, anthropology is essentially concerned with connecting people's lived experiences to their broader contexts. And this is why anthropology is important. Anthropologists aren't just concerned with doing research and writing papers, they are actively engaged with the communities they study. They use their time and resources to help aid people in their own community-led projects. They listen to and learn from individuals who might not usually be given a voice. And they use their position as a researcher to expand our knowledge on the many complex conditions that are shaping human lives in this present moment. Now, maybe you don't necessarily see yourself going to school for many years in order to get a PhD and become an anthropologist. But in case you're wondering where anthropology can take you, there are still so many careers out there that utilize the knowledge of anthropology. So whether you study anthropology a bit or a lot, it's good to know where an education in anthropology can take you. So some of the jobs and careers that someone could pursue by having an academic background in anthropology could include working at museums, in archives, or at art galleries. All these jobs essentially deal with curating important aspects of human culture so they can be shared and preserved. But people could also find jobs working at various organizations that assist women or refugees and immigrants or various business jobs as well that would require cross-cultural awareness and expertise. If people were more interested in the archaeological and biological aspect of anthropology, they might alternatively find jobs working at cultural resource management agencies, parks and historic sites, as well as zoos in the case of primatology. But if you did end up wanting to become an anthropologist, this doesn't necessarily mean you have to do research as part of your career either. So there is sort of a fifth subfield of anthropology that we call applied anthropology. Applied anthropology refers to anthropologists who take the methods and theories of anthropology and apply them to working in jobs within other sectors. So for instance, in different government jobs. Sometimes applied anthropology is described as anthropologists who work to solve real-world problems. There is also another term used in anthropology to describe similar work, and that is public anthropology. So public anthropology was coined by Robert Borofsky, um, in the 90s and basically advocates that anthropologists need to engage with the public more and in ways that provide direct benefits to the communities they study and work with. Even though there are a few differences between applied anthropology and public anthropology, they do hold similar values of using academia in a way that benefits others. And actually in episode two, we will be hearing from Dr. Warren Clark, whose work and research falls under public anthropology. So if you are interested to hear more about what a current example of public anthropology looks like, you should come and check out the next conversation on this podcast. So this wraps up the very first episode here on Human to Human. If you are new to anthropology, I hope you were able to gain a bit of a better understanding of what anthropology is and how people go about studying it. And I also hope you will tune into episode two, where I do an interview with my very first guest, Dr. Warren Clark, who is an anthropology professor here at the University of Manitoba. In that interview, Dr. Clark shares with us how his curiosity in studying anthropology was shaped by his early interests of wanting to understand the different lived experiences within his own Black community growing up. And we will also get to hear more about one of Dr. Clark's current projects going on, the Afro-Caribbean Mentorship Program. So if you want to hear more from this podcast, Human to Human is available for listening on several platforms. 
We are currently on Spotify, SoundCloud, as well as YouTube, and we will most likely be on Apple very shortly as well. And if you like this episode or have any questions, it would be great to hear from you in the comment section. We also have an email that you can contact the podcast through, and that will be included in the description box down below. I would also like to give a special thanks to the people at UMFM for providing me with the space and equipment to make this podcast possible, as well as the Department of Anthropology for funding this project. And of course, Dr. Lara Rosanoff-Gauvin, Dr. Warren Clark, and Dr. William Flynn at Carleton University, who have been some of my supporters in making this project happen. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you join me, Sarah Schur, on the next episode of Human to Human.